Welcome to the Perfect First Layer Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we answer questions from you, the 3D printer community. My name is Guy from Guy's Shop, and as with me, all as always, are my co-hosts, JJ Nathan. Hello. 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 And we do depend on your questions for this podcast, so if you have one for a panel, please go to perfectfirstlayer.com, go to the submit page, and send it along. And we also have a Patreon. We only have one level right now. We're simply asking for a small donation to help keep this podcast going. So please go to worldwidewebpatreon.com slash perfectfirstlayer. And if people want to submit a question via email, where do they send it, JJ? You can email it at perfectfirstlayer at gmail.com. All right. Thank you. So what do you have going on in the lab right now, JJ? So I'm currently finishing up a review on the Chidi X Max 3, and I just unboxed the Creality CR10 SE. (laughs) Um, And then I still have to do a video on the uh, Ender 3 V3 SE. Oh a lot they, of letters and numbers. They but. just, uh, Crowley just announced another printer, the Ender 3 V3 KE. And the Ender 3 V3, just V3. Perfect. Have they have they launched that? Um, uh, I'm not sure if they're it. selling it yet, but they told, they told everyone about it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's going to be, I, they, I think they pushed it back to like October. They ship these things too quickly. They need yeah. to give me... A little bit of t- also. There's a Flash Forge Adventurer Three Pro Pro Three or something. <laughs> uh, that's another one that another company sent me. So, what? Well, I'm not familiar with that. What? What is it? It seems cool. It seems like a K1, but clone of it, sort of thing. So, Bamboo um, Lab clone. Yeah. So yeah. I've I've unboxed it, but I haven't actually done much printing beyond. The unboxing of it. So it's about the same size and everything is. Yeah, on? real similar size of. What, what, what price point does it have? But being a Core XY, uh, seems like a pretty reasonable price point. Um, it's always weird with these smaller companies with like sales uh, are very. So it's competitive. It's not like a $3,000. Yeah, I have the info here. It's the uh, Flash Forge Adventure, <laughs> Adventure 5M. Is four hundred dollars three ninety nine, oh and the five M Pro is five ninety nine or six hundred dollars. This huh. is the Adventurer three Pro, so four ninety nine. Uh, that okay. I'm I'm checking out. Um, so seems like a really cool, easy to use printer. Well, oh, this is a Pro two. It's all these numbers makes everything. No, I think I'm looking <laughs> at the wrong printer right now. <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, I don't it's not know the pro, it's the max. It's across the room, so I don't know which one it is. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it's the Neo K3 SE V3 under <laughs> A1. What, I feel what like else? Creality needs to move on with the Enders of Ender. Let's go Ender 12. Let's move on to another, add another digit to it. Ender it 30. Larger. Ender uh, you 30. know, the, the, these, these new Enders, like the Ender 3, whatever. It's a totally different thing and market they're going after than the original Ender. Oh, yeah. Right. So why not call it something else? Call it mm-hmm. the Fender. I mean, call it something else. Well, yeah. here's Let's create a here's, new series. Here's what I think about their Ender 3 lineup, which I'm probably going to make a video about. Basically, they have the Ender 3 SE, which is the super easy edition for beginners. That one's super cheap, pretty full featured. Then they've got the KE, which is the Clipper edition, which, you know, for 60 extra dollars, you get Clipper, which seems like a pretty nice trade-off. Yeah. One thing I want to interject real quick. The, the, I'm sorry to interrupt. The I asked them, Creality, if they were ever going to put uh, the, the Ender 3 V3 SE into the Sonic pad. They said uh, no. That's unfortunate. Really? They really should. Yep. They said no. But then again, they did say they wouldn't put the uh, CRM4 in the Sonic Pad for like eight months, and they ended up releasing it the next month. So Hmm. maybe they'll change their mind. I hope so. I hope so, because I really like that printer. It's a good printer. Mm -hmm. It's a solid. 
But picking up where I left off, there's the Sorry. XE, then the KE. Then I feel like the CR10 SE is actually the top end Ender 3 model because it's basically just a nicer version of the Ender 3 with the same form factor and feature set. And then there's the Ender 3 V3, which has no suffixes. And it's basically a K1, but as a bed slinger. It's, but isn't it Core XY? It's Core, Core XZ. XZ. Yeah. yeah, it's basically the K1, but as a bed slinger Core XZ. Yeah. Setup, and which is it, pretty cool actually. Yeah, but in terms of software and firmware and hardware, it has a lot less to do with the other Ender threes and the CR ten SE than it does with the K one and K one Max. It's a lot more similar to the K one K one Max. Oh, and that's that's what I meant when we first started this conversation is that, that they should call it something else other than Ender. Mm-hmm. Right. They should just but, create a whole new name or a different for digit. It. You know, change the digit if you want to keep Ender. Make it an Ender 17. Guys, like we're iPhone has the... always been iPhone, and they keep iterating that number on it. True. So make it an Ender 17 Pro or whatever. True, but we're falling into the Ender 3 trap. There's too many models, and we just keep talking about them. So we got to talk about the actual news of this week, which is the Bamboo Lab A1. <laughs> Not yet. Okay, okay. <laughs> I know, I know you're. I know you want. You're really chomping at the bit there. Oh, I have been for the last three weeks. Okay, so, okay, I'm going to ask the question: What do you got going on in the shop right now, Nathan? Nothing. I'm just getting <laughs> scripts about Bamboo Lab A1 content. Just riding hype trains yes. day in, day out. All well, so the people that are listening to this in the future, today is September 20th, and they just released. The this is twentieth, right? Yeah, it's twentieth. Yes. And they just released or launched, I should say, the uh, Bamboo Labs A1 Mini. So the embargo was lifted. So there's a bunch of videos up on YouTube, and everybody's talking about it today. And you know that's the thing. So anyway, so go ahead, Nathan. I'm sorry to interrupt. Well, I basically have been posting videos about the A1 for like the last two or three weeks straight because basically Bamboo Lab hyped the shit out of this thing. I mean, sorry for the language, but they hyped it up so much that everyone was clicking on anything that said Bamboo Lab A1. So I'm just here to fill that market demand. Well, I will say this, that you were right, Nathan. Thank you. I I love hearing that. I never hear that from my girlfriend. You never will either. Right. So what, what I've watched, I think other than yours, Nathan, I think I watched three review videos. I got home early from work today and I had some time to watch those. I watched three review videos. JJ, what is your initial impression of the bamboo a one mini? Seems like a cheap printer, kind of lacking in quality. Inexpensive. Yeah. (laughs) Or inexpensive. It's a great price point that they're hitting, but of course it comes with some caveats with it. Um, A lot of the reviews I saw were like, it's not going to print as well as a P1P for like half the price. Um, The Having the AMS micro or whatever they're calling there. AMS light. AMS light on there seems cool. I was really impressed with that. Um, but of course everything it's caveats with it, which I, that's what I, my thought of bamboo printers in general are like, it's great until it's not, <laughs> it's a, uh, um, in the car realm. It's like a European car in the U S where it's like, it's a great car. Just until hope you it never breaks anything out. changed on it or oil changed on it or all these like little maintenance things are like going to be issues with it. I, um, I, I don't, I don't mean to sound contrary and I'm not trying no. to be. Yeah. However, bamboo has been pretty good about having spare parts. For sure. Yes. But I, mine yeah. is not as reliable as my K1 max has been. And that's why you didn't get a review unit of the A1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't. I've, I would love to get one eventually, but I don't care to get one. I have enough printers to print whatever I need. Yeah, I think the uh, Bamboo Lab has a 
dynastic approach to handing out review units and dealing with content creators. I think there's a few people that they just won't deal with, myself included. And there's people that they love dealing with because they only say good things about their products. But, you know, I'm here to, to say the good and the bad and everything in between. Yeah, I don't think anybody's ever accused you of being a show other than yourself. Bad show. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, JJ, you mentioned some things that there there was caveats or cons. What do you mm-hmm. think are the biggest cons? Uh, print quality. Has been, the biggest thing I've seen has been print quality mm-hmm. of people being like, hmm, doesn't look great. Or yeah. the people who won't explicitly say it's print quality They've shown the prints, and I've been like, oh, that's not as good as my Voron prints. Yeah, and they, they it's got the input shape, and they call it something else. Um, and I saw one one guy hold up the thing, and it had a crap ton of ringing on it. Yeah. I was like, whoa, that's a, does not, that does mm-hmm. not look good to me. And I don't want to crap all over the printer, No, no, so. yeah. I think, I, it's a, I think it's an amazing price point. Yeah. So if you can hit a usable printer at that price point is like great for so many beginners into the market. And there's a difference between a beginner wanting an easy to use app controlled printer versus someone who wants to dive into it and use a full computer slicer and all these extra things that I like yeah. are not going to be entry level beginner features. Yeah. And we've had that discussion a number of times, you know, do you want, do you want a a tool or do you want a hobby? Mm -hmm. And I think that thing is definitely marketed towards the beginner. Yeah. Um, I bet my, my first thought when I saw it, I'm sorry, Nathan, my first thought when I saw it was it was going directly after the Prusa mini. Yes. Yeah. Like the, the print farm thing, but Uh it doesn't have, it doesn't have the kind of software that is good for a print farm. No, yeah. I and love cantilever designs. Like I, I think it's a yeah. easy to use printer shape. Isn't Bamboo Lab uh Bamboo Studio pretty good for print farms because you can manage like up to you know a dozen printers off of one computer? Can you can you see that many printers at one time? I don't know. I only have the one printer. Yeah, you'd probably have to like it to for to do remote monitoring, you'd probably have to log into each one one at a time, or just walk into the room and take a look at them. Well, that's like the the uh, and again, I'm not trying to be contrary, but I think like Prusa has their own print farm software. They call it I can't remember what they call it, where you can see mul- you can see all your printers hooked up at the same time, and you know what I mean. And uh, control mm-hmm. kind of like Creality has with uh, Creality Print. If you've got multiple crowd. Yeah, I don't printers. I don't think Bamboo Studio is that easy. Yeah, I don't think it does. In the way. I think Bamboo Studio is so today I was trying to change the print bed temperature. <laughs> it took me, I don't know, 10 minutes of searching on the thing and then some a little bit of Googling to figure it out. It's, it's so difficult. This the I don't like this software. <laughs> I think JJ just has uh um Cura brain. Yes, I think they try to push it as being <laughs> so easy to use, and it's not. It's not incredibly easy to use. It's fine. Well, the, I, only, the only thing I use it for is for the bamboo printer. Exactly. Else. Yeah, I'd like to comment on uh, your comments about print quality. I think that's just kind of the nature of the cantilever style printer that they're pushing to those high accelerations. Your the frame, like if you look at the videos of people printing with them. That cantilever is like bouncing around like a springboard. Yeah, yeah. That's got to be affecting the print quality. I mean, it, it still prints decently, but, you know, there's going to be issues from that. But I want to, you know, you just slow it down a little bit, too. It doesn't have to print that fast. But that's what they're selling it as. They're selling yeah. it as a fast printer. So if right. it as fast print or faster. well at their stock settings, then I think that's, yeah. I, I don't know, disappointing. I... I looked in uh, Bamboo Studio to see if that printer was in there. Mm. Now I hit the update first to see if there's update now. But that printer isn't in the, the profiles. Hmm. Hmm. 
That means uh, the reviewers probably had a special version of the software to. Yeah, because that, that thing isn't going to ship till like, what, like mid October, uh, I think? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, they're sold out already. So anyone who's uh, wanting to buy one, by the time this airs, they might have opened up some allocations. But Yeah. And I, I, the other thing I don't, I don't really like is how they're, they're, they're at 459. That's the only way you can buy it right now is with the mm. AMS. Uh, yeah. You can't just buy the printer. And I think 299 is a good price for that printer. Yeah. For what, it, for what it is. For sure. I think it's a very good price for that printer. Yeah. I don't. That AMS light, it actually looks like it's got some decent build quality and components put into it. Yeah. But, you know, for here's, here's a question. Okay. So before we started the podcast, we were talking a little bit about Elegoo. So let's take a, a really popular printer like the Elegoon Neptune 4 Pro, which I think is like 279, 289, yeah. something like that. Let's compare that printer to the Bamboo A1 Mini. Well, I think it's better in pretty much every way except for the multicolor printing and the Bamboo Studio and Bamboo's cloud functionality. Actually, something that's really surprising about the A1 is it has a, a built-in camera, which mm-hmm. is a first for a, a printer that cheap as far as I'm aware of. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Everything I've seen about the camera has been, it's not very good. It's like the camera on the P1P. It's like one frame a minute. Yeah. I don't even have a camera on my P1P. So I do, and it's, it's, it's almost worthless. Yeah. And it's, it's such a, worthless. every review has been like, well, it's not great, but maybe they could fix it in firmware. No, they're not going to. And so it's it. like, well, I mean. Hmm. So let me ask you this. Let's say you, you, had, you, had a, you had a good friend coming to you who just wants a, a 3D printer. But he's a smart guy. He's a technical guy. and But he doesn't want to spend days learning how to 3D print. But if he had to, you know that he'd be capable of it. Would you recommend like a Neptune 4 or would you recommend the A1 Mini? Personally, I'd recommend the Ender 3 V3 SE. Oh, that's not in the equation. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, oh, just looking, I'm just looking at price yeah, yeah. point. I'm just it's looking really at price point. to use printer isn't part of the equation. Yeah, well, I, I, I agree with you. I, you know what? And I absolutely do agree with you. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, <clears throat> another thing we talked about at the beginning of the, before the podcast started, I said I'm going to get one of these Elegant Neptune 4s. So I'm going to do a review on it. I'm actually giving it away. And the reason I'm giving that one away instead of the Neptune four, or instead of the the Ender three, V three SE, is because the Elegoo is faster, and this guy is going to be giving it to his kids. Mm. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> well, you haven't been around kids before; they get very uh, impatient. Impatient. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love what Creality's doing with the Auto Z offset to have no bed and bed leveling screws on the Ender 3 V3 SE or the uh, the CR10 SE that I just unboxed. Um, the whole like, oh, this printer doesn't have any bed leveling screws on it, so yeah. it just automatically does all of that for you. It's just like, yeah. that's incredible. Like yeah. the begin as a beginner, the hardest thing is bed leveling, and then oh, your bed isn't perfectly flat, so it turns out you can only use half of your bed because yeah. you know it has a dip in the middle or something. You know, I, I'm really interested to see how this Elego Neptune Four uh, performs because I mm-hmm. am super impressed with the Ender Three V Three SE. Yeah, two hundred bucks. It's it's a great printer. It's mm-hmm. plenty fast enough, and the print quality is just tits. Yeah, I have a lot of people asking me whether they should get the Ender Three V Three SE, or <laughs> we can come up with a shorter name, or the uh, Elegant Neptune Four, because those are kind of the the two that people are cross dropping. Yeah, and I I think it's worth making a, its own video about it because there's definitely trade offs on either side. Yeah, I like the idea of Clipper on the Elegoo. 
Mm-hmm. Right, but it's Clipper without a Wi-Fi card, so you have to plug it into your wireless router or something. Yeah, oh, you can really? just plug a. You can get a ten-dollar USB Wi-Fi dongle and throw it in there. Oh. Right, but then you have to like flash the firmware to recognize the thing and and get it to work. Oh, it should it it it's running regular uh, regular Linux kernel, so you should just be able to power it off, stick it in there, turn it back on, and it should recognize it. Oh, nice. Um, Mandic really made a full video about getting Wi-Fi working on that printer. Uh-huh. They had to go through like three or four different wireless uh, USB dongles. Uh-huh. Mm. So, I mean, I think that uh, the Neptune 4 Max and Plus are going to ship with uh, a wireless card in them. But it's just something that they kind of left out on the, the cheapest model. Mm. Yeah. Because it really depends on how they've installed Clipper on my uh, the should be out in the last next few days. The Chidi X Max Three. <laughs> um, it to re reins to update Clipper in it. You have to reflash the entire everything. So really? it takes like thirty minutes to do. And do so, you have do you have root access that you can get through SSH on it? I haven't actually root access to it, but you can get to the full fluid Clipper screen. Uh-huh. But if you go to the bottom of the settings page, there's nothing where there should be Clipper update. There's just a there's nothing down there. And but so you, you can add that to the Moonraker.cfg. I think it's Moonraker.cfg. It's either mm. the Moonraker or the It's, a, it's such a, I, there might be a way to do this. I've seen from other reviews that they were like, yeah. well, you got to ref or the cheaty way of doing it is, Hey, you should reinstall everything oh to update it, which is apparently a 30 minute. I haven't actually done it. I've just seen from yeah. other reviews that it's a 30 minute thing. And from out of the box, that's what they say you should do. It's such a like, Oh, this is barely clipper. If you're, asking me to do this much of an install to just update it. Here's what I recommend you do, JJ. Start up the install and get your camera rolling and film a 30-minute review that's just you installing the Clipper update (laughs) and telling everyone about the features. I like something called view retention. I try Uh, to hold on to. (laughs) That's why you have some video game footage playing off in the corner. Yes, yeah, yeah. Some Minecraft footage in the corner yeah. to entertain the people. You won't believe what happens next. <laughs> so, you you you're you're of the opinion, Nathan, that you would recommend the Ender three V three SE, absolutely, mm-hmm. because you don't have to deal with any tor- any type of bed leveling or Z uh, nozzle offset or anything. Mm-hmm. You just fire it up, load up your G code, hit print. Which is so, like, oh, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, that's basically the future of, you know, what 3D printing should be. It shouldn't be this technical thing where you're having to deal with like five different knobs and levers and menu settings. Just start it up and print. Yeah. yeah. So, do you think that the, for $100 more, that the, the, a1 bamboo is better. Is that worth a hundred dollars more? Do you think? Well, it depends. Neutrality V3 SE. It depends because Bamboo Lab, at least so far, hasn't been paying for shipping on their products. So you got to add an extra twenty dollars or so. So you, you're comparing a three hundred twenty dollar package versus a hundred ninety nine free shipping. Usually has discount codes. Yeah. So I mean, the Ender Three is like clearly much better value because you get you know, the same essentially basic user experience, but um, it's cheaper and it's got a larger build volume. But if you want to do multicolor printing, then Bamboo Lab basically has that market cornered. Yeah, yeah. And I think the uh, the A1 is probably a little bit faster in terms of how fast it can print. Sure. But I think we're getting to the point where you're dealing with 180 plus millimeters per second. That's plenty fast for, you know, anything basic. For most people. Yeah. Sure, sure, and you know, we've, we've I've mentioned this before on the on the podcast that you know I have an AMS, and I think I've only done one or two multicolor prints. Mm-hmm. Most of yeah. the time, it's just 
being able to choose what color I'm printing of a single color. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, or so, I feel like the filament swaps are of doing a, at this layer swap to this color, which is something I could manually do on any printer. Yeah. But on that one, I can just be like automatically do that, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. And that's, that's nice. That's a, that's a nice mm-hmm. feature. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I, you know, I don't do little figurines or models or any of that, that stuff that requires anything to be multicolor mm-hmm. really. Um, do you guys ever have a need for that? Personally, I usually am printing out like mechanical creations that I come out with. So I'm just designing matter. things with a certain material in mind and I'll just make the whole thing out of PTG or the whole thing out of PLA. Mm. And I don't really care about colors. Yeah. yeah I, I don't like the waste of doing a full multicolor print of like the, it swapping every single layer. is just like a ton of wasted filament. Yeah, and I I think certain models that are designed with just like a few color changes, like if you're making a placard and then it changes from black to white at a certain layer and then all your text really pops out with a different color. Mm -hmm. That's like a really conservative way to to get multicolored prints without having to waste a bunch of material. Yeah, and that's that's what I've done. I made a couple things where I had the the, the text one color and then the the, the body a different color. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I just printed out a bunch of uh, lens caps, actually, and uh, they're oh, okay. it's a single filament swap across the entire print. And so it's like, oh, cool. It wastes a gram or two, yeah, maybe, <laughs> you know, it, it, it wastes the same amount as if I manually swapped it. I would think the way you do your your videos, JJ, where it's, you know, mostly th- the 3d prints themselves mm-hmm. that you would do a lot more multicolor printing. I just hate the idea of wasting that much. Filament, <laughs> so, I mean, plus that'll make is like filming something take three times longer because you're having to wait for all those filament changes and stuff. I've got other printers. I could film other yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, like I could set, printers. I could set the P1P to do some elaborate multicolored print, but the amount of, wasted filament that lays on the ground afterwards just like hurts me (laughs) i'm like that could be something else which is also really funny when i get comments of people being like oh this is so wasteful i'm like that's like four grams of plastic i wasted like i wasted more when i went to taco bell last night than (laughs) printing this print you know like it's Uh, yeah all right so are, are we done talking about the Bamboo Labs A1? You well, you never asked me what I thought about it, but I'll... Yes, I'll, I did. I'll, I'll be okay yeah. with that. If okay, anything- okay, okay. I'm sorry. Okay, let me let me start now. Nathan, I'm just dying to know what your thoughts on the new Bamboo Labs A1 Mini is. Well, if you're curious, I've made at least <laughs> an hour's worth of content on my YouTube channel. So I'll spare everyone on the podcast the... Uh, oh. Uh, my PowerPoint presentation. Give us, give us the uh, short version. Okay, so basically, it seems like they basically came out with a Tronxy uh, cantilever printer, but they put their Bamboo Lab secret sauce on there. I guess it was A1 sauce. Yeah, but you know the Tronxy Crux is what two hundred dollars. Yeah. I mean, they they doubled the price essentially of the basic cantilever uh-huh. printers that are out there, but they're adding you know basically increased speed and some new software tricks and stuff. And if you want to be on the bleeding edge of technology, then and have the latest and greatest machine, then that's probably it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like they're not shipping units yet, so I think I don't like comparing things to things that are already available and being mass produced because you're like, hey, that's going to be out in a month from now. And it's like, well, what else is going to be out in a month from now? Are you going to buy one? I might. We'll see. I'll have to use a, a like a decoy address, though. Otherwise, they're going to send me a, a, something I don't want. <laughs> what do you mean? A broken one. Oh, come on. Yeah. They don't have time for that crap. <laughs> they don't. They really don't. What about you, JJ? Are you going to buy one? No, I'm not going to buy one. <laughs> if they send me no, one, no, I'll, no, no, I'll check it out. Uh, I, I I, have enough printers around here. Companies keep sending me things. I, I don't have time to, I don't know. 
the there's other enough thing, hype about other printers around to review and check out and this and that. Yeah. The other thing I'll add is I won't uh, embark. I won't like leak information before an embargo if they actually include me in the embargo. But if I'm just some Joe Schmo on the street, I'm going to be talking about whatever I want to talk about. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, again, I feel you know, like a big part of this is uh, like we don't know how good it prints. And I've seen mixed reviews on how it well it prints. So like when trying to compare this bamboo printer versus these Creality or Elegoo or all these things, it's like quality, I mean, kind of matters, I think, you know, like the Ender 3 V3 SE prints fine, but doesn't print as well as some other printers I've checked sure. out type yeah. thing. But it's you only know, so like, bucks. yeah, it's only 200 it's bucks. So this $300 printer from uh, Bamboo. Right, that you can't buy as a $300 printer, though. Yet. Yeah. Eventually. Um, And then, you know, maybe a Black Friday discount. I feel like all these companies, I'm like, "Eh, Black Friday discounts are going to be cheaper. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, comparing quality really matters, um, especially at these cheaper ends of things. And so it'll be interesting to see how it really compares quality-wise versus the other other options yeah i I mean i said i watched three review videos and out of those three one of the guys is somebody i i truly believe is telling the truth about stuff it was my uh, video wasn't it what's that (laughs) it was my video wasn't it it was yours and um no there's just there was one of the guys i i really trust what he says and um he wasn't that crazy about the print quality. He's like, well, mm-hmm. it's kind of good. You know, it's it's good for what the price is. You know, mm-hmm. which was a nice way of saying it's it's okay. Um, so, anyways, all right, you guys ready to move on now? Yes. Yeah. Viewer questions. Our our viewer. podcast lives and dies on viewer questions. Yes. Yes. So, this is a follow up from Gary. And Gary had, uh, I think it was maybe two podcasts ago, we were talking about um, he wanted a, a printer for his work and we're just trying to decide between Bamboo or Prusa or Creality. And he writes in, he says, based on a previous questions you guys help, help me with, the company I'm consulting with purchased a Bamboo X1 Carbon. So we are successfully producing saleable nylon carbon fiber parts for ultralight canoes. Very happy with the purchase. Well, I'm glad we could help, Gary. So he's got another question. He's thinking of a second printer. What are the gains you would get in a fifteen dollars to twenty five hundred dollar range? This I can't help with. I'm not that familiar with the stuff. But is it speed, robustness, or reliability? The X1 checked all the boxes with good build, easy to learn slicer, and reliable prints so far. Just trying to understand why we would make the jump up and if it's really necessary. Thanks for all the info. So he's basically just asking, you know, we're looking at another printer. The X1 Carbon is still very attractive, but in that same price range, maybe even going up a little bit, is there an advantage to going with a different printer? Well, um, I don't think so. I mean, basically you're getting, uh, as good of parts as you're going to get with any kind of basic printer that produces, you know, the, the STL files that you want. The next step up is going to be like some kind of more advanced material, whether that's a metal printer or a carbon fiber, continuous fiber printer. But in either of those cases, you're looking at the, you know, $17,000 $17,000 to $30,000 price point. I don't think you're going to get a new like level of performance unless you really step up your budget. The only other thing I could think of was size of if the X1 Carbon isn't the size you need. Something like the the Chidi has a big max printer or I don't actually know that 1500 to 2500 range, but uh, the only thing I was thinking of in that range specifically would be something a little bit larger, but if you don't need that, then yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, every now and then I run across something and I see it, you know, it's like a couple thousand bucks 
mm-hmm. and the beds are really small. It's really slow, and it, it, it it's all uh, the nothing's open source on it. You know, it's all <laughs> closed source firmware. All the parts are you know unique to that printer, that manufacturer. And I look at it, why would anybody buy this stuff? So I guess, I guess the, the real question here is taking aside the feature set, he's asking, is it robustness or reliability? Are you going to get a more reliable printer that can have uh, uh, more hours on it, let's say, than a bamboo by spending an extra thousand bucks? I don't know. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think speed, robustness, or reliability would be something you could find in that price range. That over. would be better than the next one. No, yeah, yeah. Nathan? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, really, most 3D printers are about the same level of reliability. I know people disagree because they'll be like, oh, my under three sucks. But, you know, that's like really cheap printers and... They sell a lot of them, so people have issues. Um, but, you know, any printer you look at, there's going to be someone who says, yeah, I've printed 1,000 hours on it or I've printed 10,000 hours on it or whatever. All right. That's fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I, I hope that answers your Gary, your question, Gary. I think we're all on, the, on board with just get another X1 Carbon. <laughs> so we've got another question here, and this comes from... Carson. And it says, hi, guys. Hope you are all well. My question would be, do you guys have any tips for printing larger prints for a bed slinger dimensions 220 by 220 by 250? He says he has an Anycubic Cobra 2, and I intend to print helmets, which are generally a lot larger than my print bed dimensions. And what are your thoughts on resin printing? Thanks for the great podcast, Carlson. JJ? So um, for printing those larger helmets on a larger bed volume, um, I would say try to find someone who's already cut it up for you. (laughs) It's the easiest way to do it. That's what I've done in the past. Um, What do you mean cut it up? I mean cut it up. Into pieces, yes. Okay. Uh, into pieces that will fit onto your bed volume is usually the best for someone who's like really knows 3D CAD stuff. Um, the other tip, if you do have to cut it out yourself, um, is try to put pegs in the way so that you're not just gluing flat surfaces on flat surfaces. Uh, it's probably something Guy knows a bit more about with woodworking stuff, but uh-huh. if you model it, with some peg holes in the middle and the, those pegs will auto align it. And you put a little bit of glue to actually bond it together has been what's worked best for me in the past. Okay. What kind of glue do you use? Super glue. I just, I just wanted to get another discussion about glue. Nathan, <laughs> what do you think? Well, I think guy's been huffing too much glue because he's obsessed with it, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, what JJ said, I agree with. Uh, if you can find a model that's already been segmented for a smaller print size, that's kind of your best way to go. Um, if it's up to you to cut things up, then that's something you can learn how to do. It's not overly difficult, but... You well, know. The, the new Prusa, I know JJ wouldn't know it's because he doesn't use <laughs> a real slicer. Um, but Prusa has you know cutting tools and it puts pins in for you. Yeah, that's an advanced feature that I haven't checked out yet. I tried it. I I tested it and it works really well. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. Go try out Prusa Slicer. But I think the best suggestion would just to be to get a larger printer. Yeah. Because printing in one piece is just so convenient. Like, it just ends up being better. Yeah. What what are your your thoughts on resin printing for stuff like this? Those prints are, those printers are pretty small. Yeah, I mean, you can like you can get a larger resin printer um, and you can like segment the part and like nest it all together in one big print volume. I think one issue that you come across with resin is that sometimes it warps a little bit. 
Um, I'm not a super experienced resin guy, and there's probably ways to combat that. But, you know, the, the, the resin kind of shrinks and cures a little bit and causes flat surfaces not to be perfectly flat. So if you're intending on having two parts made up, then it could be kind of difficult. Um, if you're, but you know, with experience, you'd probably figure out ways around that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have much experience with, you know, multiple pieces and gluing them together on printers. So I, I don't know how much help I'm going to be other than, like I said, on the, the newest Prusa slicer, that's 2.6. It'll slice stuff up and actually you can tell it how many pins to put in there and it'll make the pins for you. So it's, it's kind of cool. And I think that on the newest version, they actually have one that actually puts dovetails that slide Ooh. together. Ooh, woodworking. Fancy. Uh, just dovetails. Yeah. Crossover. Name nice. another type of, uh, of craft that uses dovetails other than woodworking. Uh, machinery. A lot of machinery uses dovetails. Mm. That's metal true. dovetails. Yeah. But they're not as pretty as wood dovetails. Yes, and that's all they are in wood, is they're just pretty. They're actually weaker than most joints. I'm not a big fan of dovetails. Mm. I'm an anti-dovetail guy. <laughs> Anyways. My so, opinion of uh, uh, resin printing. Yeah. Uh, I would always uh, caution against it. If you don't have to get into resin printing, don't get into resin printing. Why? It's dangerous it's chemicals it's nasty it's an extra step of caution you need so always add that i always like to add that caution layer to it versus like fdm printers i think everyone everyone could own a fdm 3d printer and have a great time why do you think they're dangerous you can't be in the same room as them while they're printing it takes all the curing needs you know, a bunch of alcohol or water curing you need. It's all these extra safety levels you need for it. Uh So I always like to tell people like, are you sure you want a resin printer? And if you are sure, get one. Sure. They're great. They print amazing, but they're, it's not something you can have in your living room. Like you can with an FDM 3d printer. Everything you do with it is just a little bit more difficult. Yes. Yeah. And it's very messy and very very messy. Yeah. You need a special table for it. You need a silicone mat for it so you can clean it off really easily. And all all these steps to it that I didn't fully understand before I got my first one. (laughs) And uh, yeah. I had a brief foray into resin printing and I don't like it. It took over an entire room of my office and I'm like, this is a huge waste of space and it's making the whole thing stink and I have to leave a fan on 24 um, seven. Mm-hmm. And then there's all these resin soaked tools that I have to treat specially and take everything out in the sun and cure it. And you got UV lights, you got toxic chemicals. Um, I, I think guys like, wow, you guys are, you guys complain a lot. <laughs> no, <laughs> Wearing no, gloves no. and a mask and uh, all yeah. these things. See, I, 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 I don't see all that. I, I I guess. So it to me the only thing that I have to really do is I I, I wear a, res- a respirator sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, mm-hmm. and I, yeah. I wear gloves. Yeah. But I'm not in the same room with it when it's printing. So. Yes. Well, also, guy's a manly man who finishes woodworking projects with chemicals that are similar. Like mine, uh, mine is in the garage, so I start it and then leave the room. So I don't have to wear respirator Mm -hmm. unless I'm like out there for a long time while it's several of them are printing or something, you know. And if I want to get rid of the smell, I just open up the garage door for five minutes. Exactly. Yeah. It all goes away. But for someone who has an apartment who doesn't have a garage door, then it's like you should think about these extra things that go with it. Or God forbid you spill a resin on a carpet. Ooh. <laughs> I've spilled Does it on the happen? concrete floor. <laughs> I haven't done it, but I can imagine how messy it would be. Especially if you know a nice sun splash hits it. Yeah. yeah. That wouldn't be good. That wouldn't be good. All right. So let's move on to another question here. And this comes from our friend John Strand. 
And he's talking about, oh, the Corality New Ender 3 V3 SE. He says, hello, since you all have one of those fancy new Enders, <laughs> is that X motor on the back of the gantry? Well, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. I keep wondering in all the reviews I see, any thoughts on why they moved to the back and what's the belt path look like? Yeah, I think uh, I'll take this one. Basically, in the original design, they had the belt. Ha- I mean, they had the, the motor hanging off to the left side of the gantry, which adds like two inches to the overall width of the machine. And by tucking it in in the back there where there's nothing else going on, um, it basically just lets them make the machine a little bit narrower. And there was definitely a concerted effort when they were designing that thing to make it as narrow as possible. So you can see when compared to the older models, it's just a little bit slimmer, which helps you fit it on a desk or fit more in, in a row if you're setting up a print farm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's JJ. Do you have well, I think it's really cool how they've made it so compact. It is a weird place on like a picture or a video. It's like, why is that motor kind of hanging out right there in the middle <laughs> looks like, but it's just to make it more compact. And it's like, this actually makes it a, good bit more compact than other yeah. similar size printers because on the on the old under three that's where the the extruder the, the extruder to. was for the, oh, the bone yeah tool. the only thing and i would i would agree with kind of what you said about making it thinner my only and i i said this on the ender five too which really bugged the hell out of me <laughs> is that the cord is on the side of the machine not oh, right in side. the back mm. so removing that motor from the gantry off the side i don't think saves any room Uh, because you still have that cord plugging into the side that sticks out two inches you know what i mean i see where you're coming from yeah um that drives me nuts when they put the cords on the side i wish to just go in the back (laughs) because it just adds extra room to it right that's footprint yeah but it's, yeah, it's adding footprint on the lower part of the machine. I don't know. Where you need it. Yeah. I guess if you're. <laughs> yeah, I know. I like the, the filament cords on the back and filament spools on the top yep. is how it should be done. You know, it would be nice is if they included a 90 degree angle uh, plug for that, uh, that nice. little spot. Yeah, that would be. But it, that I don't know why you just can't design it where it. It goes the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could have done that. Yeah. Um, the other thing is it also saves room when they're putting it in the like the consumer packaging. So like when you get it shipped, it comes in a box. The Ender 3 V3 SE is like one of the smallest boxes that I've ever gotten in the mail for so a 3D small. printer. Yeah. It's actually crazy. Like it's it's like a 50% reduction from the older Ender 3 models. Yeah, and the, and you don't really have to put it together either. It's just like four, I think like four screws. You plug in some motors and you're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bamboo, Le- I mean, uh, sorry, Creality need to do like a big marketing campaign about how they're saving so many trees by reducing <laughs> the amount of box that they need to ship their printers. That's a total Apple move. Yeah. Well, you know, just to talk about that Creality thing again, is that I think Creality has really stepped their game up quite a bit. Oh yeah! Since the, the since the K ones came out, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of good things happening there. with the whole. I feel like I've got so many comments on the old uh, S Ender Five S One video. A lot of recent comments, people being like, "Why should I buy this printer now?" Or like, <laughs> yeah, I can about it. And I'm like, "No, you shouldn't. You sh- it's it's been superseded by more recent printers." So. Yeah, it's something just like I wish that. reality would do is discontinue their older models that are essentially obsoleted by the yeah. new models. Yeah, or just make a new line for their new printers. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> when you type in Ender Three into Google, you don't have all these old results with thousands of reviews popping up. Yeah, yeah. So I have they, Ender have, Thirteen. Let's just upgrade well, it. Have they discontinued all those Ender Three models? You can still buy them. No, they most, haven't. Most of them you can still buy. And the funny thing is, my actual first experience getting into 3D printing in the modern era was I bought an Ender 3, um, I bought an Ender 3 Pro. And then the next day I went on the internet and I was like, oh yeah, let's see. Let me look up this Ender 3. And I'm like, 
wait a minute, there's an Ender 3 V2. I just wasted my money. Like, this is only $20 more, and it's got all these nicer features. Gosh. <laughs> so yeah. I ended up buying another one. So that's how I started my channel with two Ender 3s. But that's cool. the whole of uh, the V3 SE is like, this has superseded all the other Ender 3s, Yeah, I think. I, I would rather have an Ender 3 V3 SE than an Ender 3 S1 even though it's like twice the price. The only printer that has features that are more advanced than the Ender 3 SE are the other members of their latest and greatest lineup and Mm -hmm. the Ender 3 S1 Pro because it comes with an all-metal hot end. And um, it also comes with a PEI build sheet. But those are really marginal upgrades that it would still be better to buy the V3 and just upgrade those on your own. Like, yeah, I mean, the the Auto Z offset yeah. isn't on those other printers. And so I would rather take the Auto Z offset and buy those upgrades to it. And it's faster. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes it makes more sense. I, I don't I don't see the need for the Ender 3 S1 anymore. No. Yeah. Don't buy it. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, I won't. So it must be right. like my used one that's on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> Over through my affiliate links. There's the only two acceptable options. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this show. And um, thanks, guys. That was a good conversation. Do you want to talk about the Bamboo A1 anymore? Or are you done? <laughs> I'm A1'd out. You're A1'd out? JJ? Yeah. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. All right. And remember, we really need questions and participation from the audience. So if you have a question for our panel, go to perfectfirstlayer.com, go to the submit page and ask us, or you can email us at perfectfirstlayer at gmail.com. All right, JJ. Why don't you tell everyone where you can be found, JJ? I'm on YouTube at JJ Shankles. All right. And Nathan? Um, just look up Bamboo Lab A1 review and I'll be the first result. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, look up, look me up on YouTube. It's Nathan Builds Robots. All right. And I can be found at Guy Shop on YouTube. So thanks so much for listening, everybody. And we'll uh, talk to you in a couple of weeks. Bye. See you.